Hi everyone, it's Monica with Be Still Be Free, and this is the week that we are doing our one of our most favorite segments of our series each time, which is our Everyday Woman interview. So it's just going to be me today interviewing a very special guest, and I want to tell you a little bit about her first um, before we start talking with her about the fruits of the Spirit, specifically love, joy, and peace, and how, in my mind, I feel like she has exemplified these in her own life. So we are talking today with Nikki Corbin, and I'm I have been friends with her for, gosh, Nikki was like three years, maybe two I years. Think so, yeah. So um, I have a formal, you know, uh, bio on Nikki, but I'm gonna kind of just dumb it down for you because it sounds very highfalutin. Um, <laughs> what she sent me. But Nikki is the director of development at the Christian Christian Training Center International in Franklin, North Carolina. Um, They call it the N. It's um, CTCI is the abbreviation, but we all just call it the N. Um, And Nikki actually kind of grew up there. Her parents have been running this in for how many years? Um, about 40 years now. Yeah. So this, this ministry is in her lifeblood and what they do is, um, they provide an outreach for leaders and families throughout the entire world, um, for young people. And they offer different retreats and sessions and week long things and weekend things to just pour into people who desperately need to just hear from the Lord and to get away and kind of be still and be free. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it (laughs) (laughs) It is actually Nikki, the inn that Nikki works at that we were going to have our breathe retreat that ended up not working out, but, um, hopefully that will be coming to, you know, happen in the next year or so. Um, but Nikki is married to Scotty. They've been married for almost 10 years and he is the general manager at the Smoky Mountain Center for the Performing Arts and produces and directs live shows at the venue. And Nikki is a performer at heart. She sings, she dances, she acts. She used to be a pageant girl. And Lord. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. But, I mean, still definitely in the theater doing, you know, so many shows. And that's how I got to know Nikki. So, Jaina, my daughter, was um, in several shows that Scotty was putting on at Smoky Mountain Performing Arts. And I noticed Nikki one day. Well, I noticed her way beyond before this. But one day she was sitting a few rows ahead of us. And it was one of those situations where I was like, she needs to be my friend. And I don't think she knows that. And... (laughs) For this introvert to go out of her way and be like, hi, I like your watch, (laughs) which is what I think I did. (laughs) I think you did too. (laughs) But I needed a way. And this is what I tell my daughter to do all the time. Compliment somebody on something and it'll be a great way to open up conversation. Yes. Um, But it was true. I really did like her watch. And so we just started chatting. And um, every time there was a rehearsal, we would start sitting together and chatting. And then I think I I texted you first and was like, I think we're beginning a relationship. And it was <laughs> all very, it was all very cheesy, but Nikki has come to be one of the most special people in my life um, and is such a kindred spirit. And so I just, when we were talking about who we should interview for love, joy, and peace, it was Nikki and just what God has done in her life that came to the front of my mind. So, um, oh, thanks Monica. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. Um, okay. So, you know, um, you're a first time caller, long time listener of the podcast. Um, our current series is the fruits of the spirit. And so this is the session we're kicking off the first three. We're talking about love, joy, and peace. 
Yes. Um, so I just wanted to open up with a really easy question, which is of love, joy, and peace, which has been the hardest for you to live out in your own life? Oh, that's not an easy question. <laughs> I was totally kidding. What the what? I feel like I'm in a pageant. <laughs> Don't answer world peace. <laughs> world peace. Uh, Even though that's the hardest every day. No, actually, and it's funny you say world peace because I probably peace is, I think, probably one of my biggest challenges because I am one of those people every day I have to, you know, you wake up and you have this long list of things you have to do and you're doing it for the Lord and all these other people and giving Mm -hmm. out. And, you know, I get my feathers ruffled in that. So I think probably just finding an everyday peace has been, um, I would say of all three of those, my biggest challenge. So how would you say that you go about doing that? Finding the peace? Yes. Or holding (laughs) on to it for dear life or like, do you have certain disciplines that you um, practice in order to like recenter yourself each day or? Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good question. I think it depends on the season in my life, the way I've started. And this is something I think that my mom through the years has told me, but I'm just now starting to grasp a hold of it. I don't know if it's because I'm 42 now and you know, it's time for me to figure things out or I was just a little delayed in my learning but I think you know I look at whatever season I'm in and I think for instance for this season um the discipline is is that every day after lunch I take a 20 or 30 minute walk and that's the that is the time that I have to and and a lot of times I may be pregnant but it's just me I don't put music in my ear I don't you know I may my dog is about the only company I have but I sometimes it's just quiet sometimes I don't even pray I just but it is a chance for me to kind of just get away from the noise of everything going on in my mind and my and if I need to pray or voice some things out to God I do but sometimes I just say Lord if there's anything you want to speak to me while I'm walking great if not I just want to walk with you and just and you know Monica has really um been helpful my husband and I um you know like everybody else in this world we have a crazy crazy schedule and it's led I've had to learn some hard lessons in that crazy schedule mm-hmm. um Um, And I think one of the lessons is, is that I've got to take some, some time. And if it's 15, 20 minutes a day that I do that, where I'm just in the quiet of um, the presence of the Lord. And I love nature. I love to go on walks and stuff. So that's in this season of life. That's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. Oh, that's so (laughs) good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. What has, um, I, I know God has shown you some things personally, but having grown up in a place where ministry is, is um, the primary role for not just your family, but for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something that God has shown you regarding love as a fruit of the spirit, either personally or in the way your parents have run things and mm-hmm. like how it has changed the lives of people by exemplifying love in its truest form as a fruit of the spirit? Well, um, that's a again, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, it's a deep question. I'm so sorry. No, it's good. Don't know. It's also good because I, you know, I have to look back. Sometimes I did, you know, I love to hear people say I'm a PK kid. I'm a pastor's kid. So you always hear the positives and negatives that go along with the pastor's kid. And I always called myself a missions kid. Um, Mm -hmm. My uh, family in this ministry, we cater to burnout missionaries and pastors from all around the world. And so 
growing up, I experienced firsthand when a family, and now that I, you know, that I'm older, I, I, I see it more in a, an in-depth way, but you see these families who are um, serving the Lord with all their hearts, but their marriage and families are falling apart. You know, yeah. you get so involved I, and it doesn't matter if you're in ministry or just, you're a, you know, a business leader or whatever. We all have to find that balance in life, but they're marriages and family life. So I would see these families walk through the front door just with these numb expressions on their face. Some women looked like they were carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. Some, um, you know, you, I still to this day when families come in because it's such a confidential um, ministry, you know, they're, they're, they're getting counsel and stuff, but not all the staff knows what's going on sure. personally in these people's life. They just know that they're broken, a lot of them. Mm. So I've seen how even if I don't know the situation and, and people and what my parents I think taught me growing up is that you you accept them you you love them you serve them um, even if we don't always know the, the the situation and you know Monica I think that carried over for these young girls if they're listening to this podcast there are you know situations in school like I remember in high school there um, and my sister, for instance, she just got it treated really, really bad. But my mom always had us girls go to go to the girl who wasn't ever accepted. Mm. Who, you know, they may smell bad or didn't take a bath or whatever. And my mom's like, you be nice to her. You love her. And uh, because you don't ever know what their background or their situation is. And I think a lot of that extended from just our, our lives at the end in this ministry that we, we don't always know the depth of what someone's watching. Through. So I had to learn how to step out of myself in love and look beyond just what the human eye always sees. Just I mean, because sometimes you're like, "Ooh, I don't want to do. I don't want to reach out to that person." But you know, with Jesus, yes, he right. would. <laughs> right. And so I know that's a long answer, and I don't. I don't know if it makes a lot of sense, but I think just in my my upbringing and and the calling the Lord has had on my life, my family's life, is that we we've we are required to step out of ourselves. Yeah. Love. Oh, um, so good. Yeah. So anyway, well, I, I, <laughs> I know that makes sense. <laughs> it absolutely does. It absolutely does. And I just, you know, you know that I've always thought so highly of your parents and just the fact that knowing that they have raised you all with just the importance of like exemplify these fruits. Cause this is what changes hearts toward Jesus. Yes, it's so true. This is it's what so changes true. hearts. And sometimes, sometimes in love, Monica, I think we live in a world where we have to think of love as, um, Oh, you know, just so just whatever I feel, I yeah. love you. And you know, world peace, it, it gets so shallow, but sometimes there's tough love in that. So yeah. I think sometimes, God requires us to, in order to speak the truth, sometimes you have to, you have to show tough love. And so, um, you know, it's not, love isn't always this happy thing, but it's, love comes in different forms. And, and one of that way, if, if a family's trying to save their marriage, there has to be tough love that is, um, given to them in this process in order for them to heal. It's not all so like, true. let me comfort you and you cry on my shoulder. Yes, that happens. But there's a, there's a good kick in the rear end that happens too, that, that the Lord does with us. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, there's an so, accountability um, that comes mm-hmm. with it. And I mean, you read through any part of the four gospels and Jesus yes. was the exact same way. He asked hard yes. questions that made people reassess where they were and where their intentions were. 
Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's so true. That's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you have shared with me since I have known you some various issues in your life that have been really hard and that you've really kind of struggled through. Uh-huh. Um, but during those, um, you've had so much joy and peace despite them. So I want to ask you about your health journey first, and then I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you about another one later. Yeah, sure. So, okay. um, you have, you've, you've had to overcome a lot, um, health wise, but you have always maintained such a trust and a love of the Lord and also just a steadfast peace that passes all understanding, um, and even joy or, um, like a very healthy, funny perspective about it. Um, (laughs) so is the key word that is for sure. You have just not allowed some really difficult things to keep your feet stuck in the muck, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, that's, yeah. Um, that's so, funny. I mean, you don't have to share any details, you know, that you don't want to or, you know, that would take forever. But at the same time, just as you have walked through those health journeys, like what what role has peace and joy played? Yeah. So, um, I appreciate you saying that. That's, that's just, if you're seeing that side of me, that's totally the Lord. Oh my gosh. You know, we all like kick and scream and, and thankfully these sicknesses, they've not been life threatening. I think it all goes back Monica to what I was talking about at the beginning of the interview with finding peace. Mm -hmm. Um, my schedule, I am, um, such a doer. Um, (laughs) and you know, most of my life, I have always been the kind of person I'm like, give me a thousand things to do. Let me see how fast I can knock them out. You know, there's just my brother often jokes. He's like, my maiden name is Pons. And he's like, you're not a Pons unless you see how fast you can get from A to Z. You know, <laughs> it's not A, B, C and take your time. And it is. And so for whatever reason, my whole family, we're like that. So, but I, you know, for a couple of years, um, I think all that started catching up with me. Um, and what would happen is, is that I would go, go, go. And then all of a sudden my, I would just get sick. And so I was in the doctor. I mean, sometimes it was every other week. Sometimes it was once a month, but then on the days I felt great, it was like, Oh, I feel good. Let's go, 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 go. You know, it's, you hear these stories a lot. Um, but I think what has happened to me, especially in this past year, um, I don't know if I woke up or, God was just like, girlfriend, you've got to slow it down. And, you know, I just started grasping on to some things about, um, but I mean, the great thing is, it's just finding that joy and that sense of humor. I, I really think sometimes the Lord has me walk through things. So when somebody else is walking through it, I can just be real and hopefully make them laugh in it because those moments are just, and they're embarrassed. Like some of the things that would happen to me were just downright embarrassing. And you know, if you just want to do a podcast on embarrassment, call me up and I will either have your, you know, audience mouths hanging open or just making you laugh. I don't know which one, but I've just become very real in those stories. I mean, sometimes my husband's like, Nikki, you didn't have to, share all of that. And I'm like, well, people need to know. It makes them feel better. (laughs) So I do, I do try to, and I think that's the Lord in me, but I've had to look at the pot of like, okay, Lord, 
if you, I'm so sick right now, if you want to, you know, for me to maintain my sense of humor, then you've got to show me how. And I think he, I think he has a little bit. Sometimes I wonder if he's like, okay, that was a little TMI there. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I just think that's important, whatever you're going through. And and I've, again, I think it's just been um, put in me all my life that you can't, you can wallow in things for a little while, but you've got, you know, there's a life to live. So you've got to put one foot in front of the other. Right. And sometimes that one foot in front of the other is, it can be a little faster and sometimes it's slow. And, um, you know, I've just had to learn how to put one foot in front of another and find that peace in that, even just in a little walk. Right. Um, but just encourage all those doers out there. We, it's our society today. It's crazy. We're all doers. What can we accomplish? And what can we do for Jesus today? And, you know, my husband and our, you know, he's, he is, he handles it a lot better than me though. He can, he can keep up with a, a crazier schedule, but I would beat myself up for not being able to, I think you and I talked about this quite a bit. I was like, I just beat myself up because I can't handle what I used to. Right. And so I walked through all that. I'm like, why can't I handle what I used to? And, and you know, and the reality is I just can't right now. Right. And if, even if it's just for that season, I can't do what I used to, but I, there are still some, a lot of things I, I can do. It just may not be from getting from A to Z super fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we may have um, talked about this briefly before, but like there's Psalm 23 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Yes. And I so often focus on oh, the makes that. me like there are some times where he's like, it is time for you to stop and to be still because your body can't handle it. Your mind can't handle it. Your soul, your heart, like your spirit no. all need some rest. And so exactly right. um, it, it, it will come out in however way it needs to come out in order for us to like take a pause and to reset. Yes. For You're sure. exactly. Yeah. I had, and I hope it's okay that I share this. Um, but I mean, honestly, you hear people getting equalized when they visit third world countries. <laughs> I'm so happy well, you're sharing this. Oh, good. Okay, because I didn't know if I should or not. Well, yeah. who gets E. coli just in their everyday life? Well, in Franklin, North Carolina. In Franklin, North Carolina, and literally, I was so sick. I was in the hospital, you know. And you think, okay, all this stuff is happening to your body. I mean, I was so so sick, and. You have to wait 24 hours for, you know, a lot of the tests to show up. And the doctor came in. He was like, well, Nikki, he goes, have you been to a third world country lately? Because you have E. coli. And I was like, I mean, I went to Florida. I was like, but that was six months ago. And no, but I remember laying there. I'm like, and I look at my husband. I'm like, who the heck gets E. coli? Who? And uh, and my husband said, well, obviously you, Nikki. And I was like, obviously, just go figure. Well, there were so many embarrassing moments in all of that when when your intestines are (laughs) all these issues. But a long story short, I was quarantined in my house for three weeks. I could not go out. I could not. So I was, I remember sitting on the couch and I was like, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of heavenly. And then after about two days, I was like, okay, God, what are you trying to show me? Yes. Three weeks quarantine, you know, I couldn't go outside, you know, just because I wasn't allowed to get around the elderly babies, anything like that. So, you know, what the what? (laughs) So crazy. So crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about this, which I know it may be a little bit more of a sensitive subject, but you have you've been pretty open about this before. But you and Scotty have been married for almost 10 years Mm -hmm. um, and you guys don't have children. Right. Um, do you mind sharing just a little bit about that and how 
your love and trust of the Lord has not diminished in light of all that? Yes. Absolutely. Um, and I know a lot of women experience, are experience, I mean, you hear story after story, honestly, Monica, and all this. And, and my, I feel like my story is just one of the other ones to put in, you know, yeah. put in the pot and, um, and tell about it. And I, you know, it's, I think for me, um, you know, anytime you're trying, I mean, I never thought I would be that person who could not conceive. And my sister, it's interesting, she wasn't able to conceive. They've adopted three children from Guatemala. Um, and then here my mom was just fertile myrtle, you know, she popped them out like <laughs> she had four yeah. of us in 37 months, no problem. So it's been interesting with my sister and me both. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is such a, you know, it's a, it's a long story, but I think in that there were definitely, um, really low points that I, that I had in it, um, sure. where I, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and just cry out to God and just be like, what else? I mean, what is going on? We, you know, I had tests done and there wasn't any, there were a lot of small things, but not one thing that was like, well, this is why, you know, there wasn't just that one answer sure. of why I couldn't get pregnant. There were just a lot of small answers. So, sure. um, anyway, it's really honestly been in the past year that, um, you know, and I, and my husband and I, when we were walking through this, I, I've had some very close friends who were just like, you know, I, I can't even go to a, somebody else's baby shower. I can't, I don't even like to celebrate Mother's Day with my mom because their, their spirits were so crushed on our, and that, you know, everybody handles it a different way. So I do not fault any of you all right. out there for, for handling it this way because some of my dearest friends have gone through this but um, I looked at my husband I said don't let me get to that place where I'm so bitter that I can't you know everybody has their own journey and their own story and I I, I didn't want to steal that from somebody you know another friend yeah. who you know so I always go to the baby showers I always do that to sell because life is a celebration <laughs> whether it's yours or somebody else's mm-hmm. life is a gift and so that's how I've always looked at it and um, after a lot of prayer and, you know, just, you know, I was going through a lot of sickness and all that, um, you know, the, and it could all change today, Monica. The Lord has all, what, what I trust, where the trust comes in with him is that I trust him so much because he's always guided me in everything. Right. I've, you know, it doesn't mean that I've been perfect in my walk with him, but I, I have to trust him so much that there is a purpose and a reason of why. I have not been able to have a child, you know? Right. Um, so last year, Scotty and I did some praying um, about the next step, you know, is it infertility? Is it adoption? And for this season, and I say season because that could end today, <laughs> we just felt like it needed to be Scotty and me. We we are around children all the time. And, you know, my husband used to be like, Nikki, but it's okay. We're around children. God's placed other children. And I was like, but it's not the same thing as having your own. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, in many ways it is because there's so many children out there, even in our small town of Franklin, who really... They don't have parents who are together. They're experiencing hell. Right. And it's like, I, I started having to look at it at a different way. And so last year, I, I remember I was sitting in my car. I parked my car and I just said, Lord, I'm going to lock this door now <laughs> and I'm going to pass you the key. And I'm locking it in my life right now um, with having children. I, I just had to come to that point because I couldn't go through the motions of rule. I was just exhausted because yeah. it is a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey. And so, 
ever since I did that, it has just been, I've had so much joy and peace. I'm like, okay, I literally mm. handed it all over to the Lord. There's nothing else I could do. It's in his hands. And if he wants to unlock that door and if he wants us to have children, my, you know, then I'm, then I'm okay with that. But I had to come to the point where I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm handing you this dream, this want. Now you have it instead of me trying to, to figure it all out. I could, I just couldn't figure it out. I had yeah. no answers. <laughs> um, you know, and I could talk hours about it, but that's kind of in a lump sum um, where we are. And right now I'm at peace with that. And, oh. and I'm in my 40s. So I think that helps, too, because I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all those teenage years, you know, you start thinking like that. You know, a little bit. <laughs> but I have to laugh at that, you know, so um, anyway, that's. You know, it makes me think of um, the several different times that Jesus spoke about how if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit and mm-hmm. how um, you, despite the circumstances and the struggles and despite your own desires or even the desires you feel like God placed in you, you remained tapped into that center root. Like mm-hmm. you stayed tapped into the vine and kind of did what David does in the Psalms, which is like pour your heart out and lament and share it with him, but go back to trusting. He knows more than you do. And yes. therefore you know that he can be trusted, um, which is so hard. It's so hard. So I hard mean, I was not out. an angel and all of that by any means, nor do I want people to think I just was like, woohoo, because it, it was not, it wasn't pretty at all. In right. some of those yeah. moments. But you have to go through that. It's a, it's a grieving. It, it is a, it's a loss. It's a, it's a broken dream. It's a, you know, you go through all those emotions, but you, you really, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to, you have to continue trusting the Lord that he always knows best. Yes. And, you and it sounds so simple when you say it, but it's the hardest thing to walk through sometimes. Well, you know, those are those times. And I've said this just, I've probably said it on the podcast a hundred different times, but you never know how strong your foundation is until like an earthquake comes to shake it. Yes, and it's so true. A lot of times I feel that I don't, have a verse to back this up, but I feel so strongly that a lot of times the Lord allows these almost catastrophic things to happen, not to prove to him how strong your foundation is, but so that we know, oh, yes, my foundation is a heck of a lot stronger than I thought it was. I think you're exactly right. And at the end of the day, I still stand firm in this, even though I didn't Mm -hmm. get what I want or it makes no sense in my mind. Yep. Um, And so that's where, like we, that's like you just said, we have to go through those times so that we know, okay, well, I can build upon this because the foundation's not cracked. Yes. It may have doubts, but it's not cracked. And it's still, and it builds that foundation. You know, you can see how strong you are, but then all of a sudden it becomes stronger in the process. Yes. And you don't really realize that till hindsight. You start looking back and you're like, okay, I am this much closer to the Lord, Yeah, you know, and, um, it, it's a beautiful thing. It, it, you know, that's words are hard to say. It's beautiful when you're going through it, but it, it really is. It is, it, you know, I love when I was little, I listened to those salties kids praise. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, so there was a song and there's a scripture and I don't know what it is, but it's it, but I always say it whenever I'm going through a hard time or my husband and I've gone through a hard time, but I, I, he makes all things beautiful mm-hmm. in his time and it's the weirdest thing when I'm I don't think about that scripture or that song at all and you know I was like five when I learned that but 
in those moments, it's always like, hello, Nikki. I make all, not mm. just some things, all things beautiful in my timing. And you know what? He does. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. It so. um, reminds me what I was think, thought of immediately when you said you kind of like just locked, like you sat in your car and you were like, okay, God, it's almost like you were saying, not today, Satan. Like, I'm not letting you steal right. my joy. I'm not letting no. you steal my peace. You're this exactly sucks, right. but you don't get to take all the other stuff from me because of it. No, you're and exactly right. I love yep. that. I love that. That is a um, perseverance, a suffering that produces perseverance and a per- perseverance that produces hope. And oh, yeah. um, you only get that when you wrestle through that and come mm-hmm. to that point. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're getting close to the end, but I did have um, one other question for you. And it's, it seems random. I should have put this back toward the beginning when we were talking about the um, people that come to the inn from uh-huh. all over the world. But th- I think I've, I've, I've been on several mission trips to several different countries, like seven or eight times. And so I have seen this and I would like to know what you see. Um, do you see a difference in how Americans experience the fruits of the spirit versus other countries? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, it's and I don't mean I. this is the way I look at it. If you are truly under the covering of the Lord, we are. It doesn't matter if you're in Franklin, North Carolina. It doesn't matter if you're in New York City. We I, I think our life is a mission, whether you're in ministry, yep. whether you're in work, whether you're in church, whether you're a stay at home mom, our lives are a mission. And there's crap that goes on. There are some what we Americans think are, you know, just some hellacious situations. There is no doubt. And I, I, I want to make that clear. But all of a sudden you see these missionaries who come from these other countries who've been through these wars and starvation. And and then all of a sudden I start looking and I'm like, wow, I, you know, I was complaining because I had to cook, you know, for 40 people today. And I'm, I don't love the kitchen and I'm not great at the kitchen. That's one way we bonded. To, yes. Sometimes I have to be in the kitchen and serve. And I'm like, and I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, oh, just, you know, I have such a life of Cinderella. I have to scrub toilets and I have to cook and then I get to go be on stage at night. You know, I mean, seriously. So... But all of a sudden, these people from and, – and a lot of them who do come through our doors, some, most of them are American who've gone to these other – and they are doing the Lord's work in these other countries. But the stories that they tell, it's just like you're just sitting there, and I just say, God, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that I think I am – that great that I am cooking for them and that I scrub two toilets today and you know yeah my life I think my life is so hard and it's it's really not but um you know I think it but praise the lord that I'm an American that's all I have to say I am not complaining about that it's because they other countries do have it a lot worse and we try it with our we have a youth program called heroes of today and so we a lot of these young youth who want to come they want to go out in the mission field so we're actually training these young people to you know so we sometimes like in the summer we'll we'll go out in the woods and we have our interns dressed up like they're in a tribe and they come up with their own language and so the young people have to try to tell the tribe about Jesus because I think we America we don't even know how to speak the name Jesus when we go over to these countries and don't even know their language and stuff. So right. there's a we try to get our young people to experience a little taste of how it's going to be. Um, 
you know, my dad, he always says, he's like, I just, I don't love short-term missions. He's like, I think it's great, but is the short-term mission more for us or is it more for them? And I think sometimes... Oh, it's totally more us. for us. Yeah. Yes. And I, you know, I, I don't want to step on pins and needles by saying that, but it, it really is. It becomes yeah. about us and our experience and we're helping them for five days where you look at these people who actually go for years, they give up everything for years and years and years and, um, and they suffer every day. And, um, it's interesting, Monica. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> That's a long answer, but it's, it's interesting, but I'm glad I can have that opportunity for people to tell me what they do. And then it, it, it really makes me check myself. It really yeah. does. Cause I've got it good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I noticed that the first time I, um, went to, it was the Philippines was my very first mission trip ever. And it was, you know, serving these kids who were lived underneath bridges and, and, you know, they were all squatters. Yes. You just find land and you squat there, but like seeing the joy on their faces, yes. like that could not be manufactured. It wasn't just happiness. It was like a true joy, even though they had nothing. And that's what I always remember. Yes. Um, when I'm feeling, you know, like if I'm just a little grumpy at church one day, or I'm not really crazy about the way the pastor's preaching this message, you know, I'm like, okay. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. Well, it's so great. Thanks for um, going there with, I just, I just had to ask. I was just very curious about that. Absolutely. Um, well, we have come to the end of our time already. Oh, man. I know. It went so fast. So, Nikki, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I am going to, on the website at bestillbefree.com, link to the inn. I'm going to link to the Performing Arts Center. I got my information about Nikki there. And um, if you, if anyone wants to get in touch with her for any reason, like if you have questions about the inn or something like that, just get in touch with me and I can I can make that happen. So, oh, thank you so much, Monica. Thank you yep. for everything everything. I love you to pieces. I love you too. I'm so grateful for you and thanks everyone so much. All right. We'll talk to y'all soon. All right. Bye. Bye.